Welcome to the Geek Freaks Podcast. This is the insurance hot seat. So before we jump into the episode today, I kind of wanted to explain a little bit more about what we're doing with the hot seat. So the hot seat is meant for us or you as the community to give us ideas and people who you want to learn more about, maybe applications, maybe programs, maybe people in the industry you would like us to speak to. Now the idea is is that we're going to kind of press them, right? So we're going to play the devil's advocate and find out all those answers to your questions that you may not feel comfortable asking or even, you know, bringing up a competitor, so on and so forth. But it's only going to work if we have participation. We have a couple guests lined up. We just had one drop off for personal reasons, a change in job, actually. So this week, we were fortunate to get a substitute. We have Jeff Ruby from LinkedIn that's going to talk to us about finding the right salesperson or how we go about finding the right salesperson. So we're super excited to get him on the phone today um, and uh, super excited for you guys to take a listen. Thanks. The Insurance Hot Seat. Welcome to the Hot Seat Podcast, Jeff Ruby from LinkedIn. How are you, Jeff? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, buddy. So I guess before we get into it, I guess tell me what you do over at LinkedIn and uh, give us a little background about you. Sure. Uh, I've been at LinkedIn for about seven years uh, and I've had quite a few different roles, but currently uh, I manage our business for the North America, um, specifically focused on uh, small small businesses. Nice. Prior to that, um, you you were in... You were in sales, correct? Yes, yeah. So I, I've I've sold at LinkedIn for about three or four years, and then uh, for the last three or four, moved into management. Oh, awesome! Um, so I guess uh, the reason that we're speaking today is I meet with a lot of different agencies and a lot of different uh, companies, do, you know, mm-hmm. doing my sales process, and they always ask me. It's always the same thing, you know. How do you find salespeople? What tools are you using to find salespeople or, sure. you know, how does that all work? So I thought it'd be, you know, no better person to have this discussion with than someone that works on one of the largest, you know, job platforms in the nation, yeah. probably in the world at this point. Um, so I guess how, if I'm an agency owner and I'm looking for that valued producer, what uh, mm-hmm. what's the first couple steps I can take to hopefully be successful? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, you know, I believe, and I think any business owner should, that that talent is the number one priority, right? I think if you have good talent, it allows you to, to win, right? So um, the, the steps I would, I would take, right, if you look at the, the unemployment um, market right now, right, the, the unemployment market is 3 3.5%. But on the other side, the number of open positions is up over 6 million. So we're in a strange place. Um, where the number of jobs is at an all-time high and the number of unemployed individuals is at an all-time low. Um, that being said, you know, salespeople, and I can say us because I'm one myself, we are a bit of a dime a dozen, right? There's a lot of salespeople. Uh, the barrier to entry is not, not extremely high. Um, but that said, <laughs> if you are good at your job, you should never be employed. So something that I see, the, the biggest mistake I see is um, these agencies – going and looking at places where unemployed people are. And and there's nothing wrong with being unemployed, but where you would be if you're unemployed is a job board, right? You'd be on there looking for jobs because if you're unemployed, your full-time job should be looking for a full-time job. Um, So I I always say, you know, if you are good at sales, you should never be employed. So try focusing your efforts. Um, It doesn't have to be just on LinkedIn, but it could be at different networking, at conferences where people are employed. Uh, But, really leading with your value proposition of what, what makes your agency better than maybe where they currently could be. 
Perfect. So your platform um, reaches millions and millions of people, but there's yep. a lot of agencies around here or that we work with that are, you know, maybe four or five people. So they, they have a tough time seeing in the value to using, you know, maybe the premium features built into LinkedIn yep. or the navigators that are in LinkedIn. Yep. Is there, I mean, the value there is that you get access to everyone, correct? Where with a job board, you, you'd have access to who's making, whoever's making themselves available to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you got it, right? So LinkedIn has about 650 million members worldwide. That's now, again, for small businesses, yes. For small businesses, you, you know, they're, they're probably not focused on the, the hundreds of million people outside of, you know, their area. Uh, but I think regardless is you want to, you know, simply put fish where the, where the fish are, right? Um, so if you look at, at um, a job board, uh, like you said, if unemployment rate is 3%, Theoretically, there's only 3% of the, the population on that job board. Where you want access to is 100% of the pie, or at least that other 97% that is still employed. So, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I, though I work for LinkedIn, I, I don't think everyone needs to be spending, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars to, to, to attract talent. Um, there's lots of things you can do on LinkedIn, you know, for free. Um, so if you're connecting with the right people in your industry, um, that's a great first step. Uh, you you get you can get access to a lot of things on LinkedIn before having to to give us any money. Now, is there um, you know let's talk about that. So I connect with somebody in in the industry. Let's say it's a, a good producer for another insurance agency. Yep. Is there a proper way, or maybe a more of effective way that you've seen people actually reach out? Because I know that's got to be a a hard step for anybody to take that kind of poaching, you know, that's a lack of better terms, but that yeah. mentality of like, Hey, I'm going to reach out to this guy. Cause I know he's really good. Is there a certain way, like maybe a, a, a message that people kind of say, or something you see regularly, I'm sure you guys get recruited pretty heavily too from other sales organizations. Cause you guys are so successful. Is there anything that you've seen that's kind of stuck out? We're like, yeah, I do want to have that conversation or. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think you'd be surprised. We actually don't get recruited that much. I, I think people think, uh, that we have like behind the scenes access and we'll know that they're doing that and we'll like shut them <laughs> off. So I actually got recruited more before I was at LinkedIn uh, than I do now. But that said, um, you know, I think uh, shorter is the, it's shorter is better. You don't need to try to tell everything about your company and what you do all in one, the first email um, and making it personal, right? So if you think of LinkedIn as a whole, all we are is a platform with a ton of data. But because of that, people have, have given you a lot of information on the profile, right? It's not just where they've worked. You know, Ron, if I went to your profile, I could know a lot about you, right? Where you grew up, where you went to school, your interests. So anything that's going to catch your eye, because you got to think this is a resume. If you're looking at a hundred of those, the ones that stick out have something different, right? So for instance, if I was writing you, Ron, I would say, hey, saw that you, you went to Delta College and then on to Kalamazoo Valley Community College. Um, you know, I also went to school in Kalamazoo. Try to find some connection there. Um, and then maybe, it, you know, you don't have to go for the close right away of saying, hey, we have an open position, Ron. We think you'd be great for it. It could be, hey, I'd love to talk to you about your experience. Uh, we're expecting some growth. I think you could be perfect for that. Or yeah, I've seen the approach of, and it, you know, reading between the lines, but I've seen the approach of, hey, I like your background. I'm sure you're super happy where you are. I was wondering if you knew or had any friends uh, in the industry that were looking for a new job. Now, Ooh, like I said, I like reading that. between the right, reading between the lines, they're saying, "Hey, I actually like your background." Hopefully, that attracts you enough to have a conversation with you. No, I think that's incredible. That's like an incredibly powerful statement, right? Because you're going to think immediately. You're going to be like, "Well, why not me?" If you like, me, like, yeah, I you know. Got it. That's crazy. And there's a little psycho psychology behind it, but yeah, 
That's awesome. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Do you see a lot of people, I mean, so you sell the platform. Do you see like what a lot of people in our position, my position, not yours, but uh, in my position are going to say, well, you know, Indeed's okay. It works okay. Monster's okay. Sure. It works okay. And it's very low, um, you know, barrier to get involved with it where Correct. you see the LinkedIn being a little bit higher, but I guess, tell me more about that. Like, what am I getting if I'm paying that premium price to maybe use InMail or the Navigator platform? Sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at the, uh, and I think it's important to think about the, the industry, if you look all the way back, right, it started with, you'd be walking down the street and there'd be a for hire sign and you'd walk in, you'd talk to that person, hopefully you get hired. Then, you know, I don't know when, but came along newspapers. And I'm sure when that happened, there were tons of people saying there's absolutely no way anyone is going to go to a newspaper, call that person to find a job. Well, obviously that worked. The for hire signs were taken down and everyone used the newspaper. Coming to the late 90s, uh, 2000s is when the career builders and, and the monsters of the world came in. And, there were, you know, and then I was alive and remember this, there was naysayers. There's no way anyone is going to use this, this internet thing to, to, uh, to hire, right? And then 2003, 2004 came along. Uh, and that's kind of when LinkedIn started. And, and Reed Hoffman, who's our founder, did not start out to make a platform for people to find jobs. It was simply just for people to connect, to talk about business, to, to network, et cetera. But what happened is everyone started divulging so much more about their life on LinkedIn. It was It's more up-to-date than a, a resume. Um, so it kind of evolved into this platform to help people find jobs. Um, so why you would want to uh, use LinkedIn potentially over, over these other uh, individuals is I, I think it, it's, it's a different type of talent, right? Our, our value proposition is passive talent. And what I mean by that is active talent would be, I need a job. I want to make a change. You know, I, I'm actively looking to, to make a career change where LinkedIn it, it, it's passive, right? It, it's, it's going after people that meet the skills that you want and, and almost, you know, lack of a better word, convincing them uh, why they should take a job with you. Um, so you, if you think, as I mentioned earlier, it's a big data platform, right? So if I'm looking for a, a VP of sales uh, in Kalamazoo with X amount of years experience that have worked for X, Y, Z companies, I can chop that data up very quickly and find yourself, Ron, and maybe the three or four other people in Kalamazoo with those skills that I need and begin to start that conversation with you. So a, a visual way of thinking about it is, uh, on a job board, uh, career builder, indeed, those type of job boards, you have a funnel, right? And at the top, there's a ton of applicants, right? You, there's no way we're ever going to give you more applicants than one of those job boards. But what happens is, uh, in, in a small business specifically, you know, usually you don't have a talent acquisition professional. It's usually someone like you, Ron, who is a partner or a VP of sales there that's doing the recruiting. So it's taking you a lot of time to look through maybe the 300 applicants and out the bottom of that funnel comes the, the seven or eight, 10, 12 people you want to talk to. So imagine we could save you the time and just turn the funnel upside down and just start with the people you want, right? So you're not going to have to go through and take all the time. And that's the, probably the number one thing we hear from small businesses is I am, you know, in, in this example we're talking about, you know, I run an insurance agency. I, I don't want to be recruiting. It's not what I, I, I went to school for. Um, so I don't want to spend a lot of time doing it. And that's what we're seeing happen is it's taking, you know, hours and hours out of their day where they could be selling, um, to just try to find someone. Got it. No, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Instead of casting a wider net, it's more of a, you know, a pinpoint, 
uh, attack on what you want. And I also, you also brought up a good point that a lot of agency owners um, or even partners in the agencies aren't HR specialists or aren't, Correct. Uh, you know, the, the, yeah, went to school for it and aren't educated in the background. So I think it, it helps out a lot in that aspect. Um, yeah. And I, I think it, you know, it's a lot of us do relationship sales anyway. So I think if, you know, these people looking for people they want to hire, I would approach it no differently than a relationship sale, right? Sell on the relationship, build the rapport, and then go after the attack. I think a right. lot of people maybe are just being like, I'm going to message this guy and be like, hey, come work for me. Talk to you later. You know what I mean? You're not really building you got the, it. the why. So that's And what we don't see, it, Ron, is when you do something like that, um, you know, we, we know that passive candidates stay at companies longer because they've really done their due diligence to make sure it's the right move. Other than an active client who may move to a company, it might be a quick and easy win for, for the agency owner, right, to get someone in there. But we also know that the cost of unemployment or cost of turning over employee uh, is about 2.5 times their salary, right? So it costs a lot of money to train someone, get them up to speed, just to have them leave, right? So, so take the time on the front end to make sure you're doing your due diligence because it's going to pay off big time for you. So you're telling me a bad hire, uh, keep math simple because I'm not a mathematician, so I'll probably screw this up. A $30,000 yeah. a year employee is going to end up costing me by the time they're trained 60, 70 grand. You, you got it if they if they resign, right? Um, the way to look at it is, could I spend a little bit more money, right? And, and, and salespeople are very easy to quantify, right? You have salespeople who work for you, Ron. You know how much you pay them, and you also know how much they bring in every single month, right? So to have these people you know, pay a little bit extra, but know that they're going to be a top performer or stay longer uh, is going to put in, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, back into your business. That's, and that's super important too, especially in the climate we are now where it doesn't seem um, that people are really sticking around at their current positions too long anymore. I don't think we have lifers in organizations as much as, you know, we, our parents did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, what is it like the average person I think in their lifetime nowadays will have like seven to 10 jobs. But if you look, you know, at our, you know, parents LinkedIn profiles, uh, you know, I think of my parents, it's, it's two jobs. It's one for my dad. Right. So, um, absolutely. There's not that affinity to stay with your company, you know, a long time because they're, it's very competitive and, uh, people are, are, you know, really want the highest quality talent at their company. Now, I, I don't know if you're going to have the answer to this, but maybe. Um, okay. What do you see when you see candidates change positions? Do you see like a trend? Is it wage? Is it, you know, is it a, a higher salary? Is it better benefits? Is yeah. it flexibility, remote work? Is it like, do you have any inf- insight behind that? Yeah, so it's a tough question to answer because it, it could be it could be a lot for different people, right? If some people, uh, uh, you know, I try when I'm talking to people on my own team and they're looking about external opportunities, I usually have to try them rank company, role, or money, right? And if they if they rank those in, in, in a different order or, or in any order, then you can start to have that conversation. If it's just money, well, then you know what? You go find the most the highest paying job. You might hate it. You might be working 400 hours a week, but that's what you should do. If it's role and you're really looking to be a manager or, you know, uh, in operations, then go find at any company. Doesn't matter what they do, and find that that role. And if it's company. You know, hey, I really like working at LinkedIn. I love the culture here, but I do want to be a manager. But if company is ranked number one, well, then stay where you are, learn the skills you want, and try to obtain that job there. So, the long, long answer, but I, I personally, what, what I see when I talk to the clients, people are not leaving jobs anymore. They're leaving companies. And what I mean by that is, um, 
it's usually about the culture there, right? And it doesn't mean culture doesn't always mean they, they have a ping pong table and they have, you know, free lunch. Like that, that is, that is a very small part of it. The culture is, you know, it could be everything like, do they have a growth mindset? Is the culture one of, of um, you know, togetherness? Is the culture something that I want to be a part of for the next five to 10 years? Um, so I, I always try to stress, uh, you know, culture is how you're going to win someone away from their current company to your next. When we're in a place where, you know, like, as I mentioned, they don't, people don't need, right, need jobs right now with unemployment rate. Um, and they also, there are a lot of jobs open. So you have to really give them that compelling reason. And usually it is culture. And that's, it's very interesting that you state that because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of our smaller customers, I don't truly know if they know what their culture is other than, hey, it's a laid back company and we, we work hard, right. we play hard, right? You go back to the old mantra that's been around forever. So that's, that's kind of a good takeaway is that maybe these companies that are searching for these candidates, maybe they should take a look internally be, before externally to say, hey, who are we? What do we want? What's our goal as a company or right. an organization? Because as much as you're going to sell, you know, policies or insurance policies or whatever the case is to anybody, you have to know why you're doing it. And you got to know why you got it. You got it. Looking inside and maybe creating those culture and those values. Um, and I think the tough part is it's not just creating, it's making sure you're actually living them and doing them because I think you can snip out pretty, pretty quickly a candidate um, if they really are just, you know, it's just something on the website. It's not something they actually live. Uh, yeah. So it's, um, oh man, I'm going to think of, forget the term. It's almost like a pretender mindset. When we interview people, a lot of times they think they can do everything and then we get them in here. You know, I can do that. I can do that. And we put them to the skills test before we hire them. It's just, mm -hmm. not, it's evident on the skills test that they don't have everything that it takes to do what we need to do. So it is sure. very interesting, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I know it's been, um, it's, it's been hard for us to establish those core values and our mission and, you know, our vision as an organization and it takes time. So I, I but I do think every company should have those in some form or fashion. Yeah. I agree. But yeah, Jeff, I appreciate your time too today, buddy. And, uh, uh, you know, thank you for your time. I know you, you got a busy schedule there working for a giant company like LinkedIn. So hey, my pleasure. And uh, I'm happy to help whenever you need. All right, buddy, you take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Ron. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff.